Ken Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to a brand new edition of The Weekend Show. You'll be glad to know that I am joined, as always, by my rejuvenated co-host, Garrett. Hello, Garrett. Why am I rejuvenated? Because we had a hiatus. Oh, we've been on holiday. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. We're on holiday. We've been on holiday. We've we've been to, uh, I don't know, Macedonia. We're all going on our summer holidays. That's a song. But the sad thing is, it, it just worked the whole time. So did I. But uh, that's neither here nor there. No. <laughs> Coming up on the show this week, we go to our happy place by talking comfort TV. We delve into the most interesting stories of the week in Who News Best. And a little later in the show, Netflix is back with another sermon on the path to pop culture paradise. Sounds like it should be a rock song. Just another road on the path to pop culture paradise. That's beautiful scripting, yeah. Yeah. I wrote that late at night. That's that's a song, isn't it? Is it David? Two Tickets to Paradise. Yeah, that's a song. I got two tickets to pop culture paradise. Woo! This is going to be a very singy podcast, clearly. Yes, I just got up, so I'm quite tired. So I, I do tend to sing when I'm tired. Yeah. I, I, when I, when, when, you know when you've stayed up too late? Yeah. And you just find the dumbest things funny? Yeah. <laughs> Your brain is shut down. Yeah. And like, I watched the Smurfs once. The, yeah. You know, the, the Smurfs film? Yeah. And I, I, recommend, I recommended this as a Netflix before. But I watched it at like four in the morning. And I found it so funny. <laughs> also, Ken, by the way, Anton Yelchin died. He did die. The Smurfs and made me think of Anton Yelchin because he was a Smurf. Was he was such, clumsy Smurf. He was so adorable. He was. It was such a weird and, and tragic event to happen. What you know, I, I saw like uh, you know a tragic motor incident, and I and I was like, oh, he must have got smashed by a drunk driver or something like that. Yeah. But no, he he just got crushed by his own car. Yeah. If you haven't heard the story, you probably have. It's been in the news a lot. Uh, basically, he got out of his car to check his mail. I think is what he did. Yeah. Uh, and it rolled down the driveway, crushed him between the mailbox and the wall, and... He died. He died. He was stuck there for several hours, apparently. That was a quite gruesome way to die, because apparently he lives, his house has rather a steep incline in the driveway. Yeah, so it probably hit him pretty hard. Yeah. But uh, the car that he uh, that he was driving has been recalled now, apparently, and they're investigating his death. Well, you think that should be a matter for the police, but oh, whatever. Well, I assume if, if there is some wrongdoing there is a problem for whoever made the car yeah i don't know what brand car it was and i probably avoid saying it anyway just so we don't get sued i read it but i can't remember but uh yeah yeah, it's pretty sad i like anton yelchin i like them too oh thomas decent film yeah really good in star trek adorable in the smurfs yeah uh charlie bartlett decent film yeah very wide range of films too yeah fright night interesting actor oh yeah i like fright night yeah Yeah, it was decent oh R.I.P. Yeah. So, Gareth, how was your week? Or how have you... It's, it's been three weeks now, Gareth. I've basically been working the whole time. I'm, I'm doing a Ken. Yeah. Basically been working and producing episodes of podcasts today. That has been my life. Yes. We had a, had a an episode of podcast today. We didn't. Get together. You forced yourself on. I did not force myself on. You forced on. yourself on me. I used my authority. Podcast, podcast abuse. It's abuse of podcasts. You're a podcast abuser, Ken. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm the boss. You should start just showing up to other people's podcasts saying, I'm on it now. <laughs> yeah, so just like PCHH in, in Washington, be, and you'll just be like, they'll be like, it's like, hey, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> if I, make, I don't know what makes me happy. Huh. Invading podcasts. 
or like or on Steve Austin podcast. It's like it's like and I'm hunting with Ted Fowler and what who are you? Ken three sixteen said I just took over your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's going down a weird rabbit hole. So Yeah, Ken invading podcasts. Yes. Do you do anything? Uh, I like the way this is, this is the, the new tradition of of me asking Ken does he do anything and he's just like uh, no. no. <laughs> um, I've been toying with the idea of forming an uh comedy improv troupe. Forming or reforming? Yes, we had one before. Me and my friends from college. It was called Harpoon Torpedo. Yes. Pew pew. Yeah, we mentioned this. Head down. Pew pew. Yeah, we had t-shirts. Takuman. Everyone. Um, uh, the podcast today t-shirt came actually. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Egotist. <laughs> Stop hijacking my story, Gareth. Sorry. Well, you mentioned t-shirts about things that relate directly to us. And I was like, oh, yeah, my t-shirt came. You're welcome. Uh, I bought it. <laughs> you made money out of it. What do you mean you're welcome? I didn't make money. You have to make $15 at least before they release it to you. <laughs> so I'll never make it. <laughs> so you'll be the only person to buy one. But that's a shame. But uh, yeah, my, me and my friends in college had one. Like We're all quite busy now, but it'd be nice to try and see if we could do something. We only made a couple of them. I think the, the mistake we made was that we were really ambitious with them. So they're really long and elaborate. I think the key with internet sketches, or even if you're doing it on stage, is that they're kind of short and pithy, yeah. which is my favorite word. You do like pithy. Pithy. Pithy, pithy or expeditious. The best comedy is pithy, girl. Yeah. So, uh, the best comedy is funny rather than pithy. <laughs> yeah, it should also be funny, <laughs> ideally. But, I've been, and you know, my girlfriend works a lot with musicians and people... You know, I've gone to a lot of concerts, and I was like, "It'd be cool to have like an improv comedy show with a full orchestra." That would be weird and quite expensive. But <laughs> no, like not a full orchestra, but like a mini orchestra, maybe. Okay, what would you do with the orchestra? I don't know, just to punctuate the the, the, the skits. Okay. You know, I, I don't know. I haven't thought about this. So I just thought it would be impressive. <laughs> I haven't put thoughts through this idea, but music and funniness might work. It may work. Following the footsteps of all comedic geniuses, Gary, I bought three books to learn how to comedy. That is trademark, Ken. Yeah. It's just like, I want to do something, so I'm just going to buy a bunch of books and a bunch of things that I'll probably never do the thing. (laughs) I'll probably never even read the books that tell me how to do the thing, but I have them. Yes, and it will make me feel good for a while that I'm doing something, but then I won't do it. It's like when you wanted to get back into drawing and painting. How'd that go? It's in progress. But how many things have you drawn or painted? I drew some stuff the other day. What did you draw? I was helping to design a logo, so I, I drew some ideas. So so you were forced, though? No, I wanted to. Nobody asked me to design this logo. Sure. So. <laughs> but that's... Uh, so you've used all those those pencils and, and papers you bought? No, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark head. Don't shame me on the podcast, Karen. I am going to publicly shame you until you stop looking at my hair. Got a haircut. I got a haircut. That's one thing you did during the... The time we were, like, I think during the entire time we've done the podcast, you've only got, like, one haircut, maybe? Yes, that's that's actually factually correct. So you've got a second haircut. Yeah, this is the second time my hair is different on it. Well, it's different. But the second time I've deliberately altered my hair on this podcast. You can't see it. Think Bieber flip, but slightly shorter. Yeah. You Though, literally look, like, ten years younger. I do. It's weird. Yeah. It's like people have started asking me, do I have student IDs again? Yeah. It's because I, I look like I'm basically out of secondary school never mind it's still in college i would I, I would pass you for if it wasn't for the facial hair maybe i would pass you for 14 yeah me and the beeps are pals he stole my haircut by the way i had this first okay you should use that to your advantage and just audition in hollywood yeah start from famous 
doing Disney Channel shows. I've always admitted I would happily do a Disney Channel show. So <laughs> I would drop everything to do a Disney Channel show. I'd be the quirky parent. Parents are always quirky in those shows. They're not quirky, Ken. They're batshit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And like, how are you allowed to have kids? Yeah, you were an irrational, crazy person. You have a job? I watched Every Which Way the other day as well again, Ken. Don't, don't you mention it's that. It's not show. gotten better, because the episode we watched was the pilot, you know, which is like, fair enough, you know, the, 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 things are hard, you work that stuff out. It's not gotten any better, Ken. It's probably gotten worse. It's like uh, they got an autistic chimp to write, to write a, a show and has handed them a camera. With ADD. Yeah. It's the ADD bit that, that's key key here because there is there's no lingering on a scene. It's like cut, 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 cut. Seven things happening. No one knows what's happening. Everything is happening. Cut, 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 cut. It almost seems dubbed even though it isn't. Yeah. It's a bad show. <laughs> and I, I usually like most... Well, I, I don't watch Nickelodeon shows because Nickelodeon is trash. Post Sabrina again, who cares? I usually watch Disney Channel shows. I usually like most of them in yeah. spite of me feeling like I shouldn't. But... yeah. We don't have Disney Channel in our house. Oh, what do you even watch anymore? Nothing. I just watch reruns of the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> get to that in a minute. We'll get that in a, later on down the road. But yeah, I just I used to watch a disproportionate amount of Disney Channel for my age. Yeah, it's actually quite shameful. But the, the I was gonna say they're good, but they're kind of not. <laughs> it kind of feeds into what we stop were, staring at my hair. I can't help it. It's different. <laughs> I, but it kind of feeds into what we're talking about later in that it's kind of a comfort zone. You're just like, yeah, yeah I don't have to think too much about watching this. Sometimes I do da, think a lot da, of da, 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 da. <laughs> She's popping along to yeah. the Sunny with the Chance theme song. Exactly. So she ruined it by being selfish. Yeah. God yeah. wanting your own career and not wanting to do the show at CDC. Yeah. Should we do some stories? I suppose we should actually get into the show. Get into the show. It's not enough rambling. Let's now give you one last look at your hair before stop, I can... Stop looking at my head. Okay, wait, making me self-conscious. What should I look at? Your eyes? Yes, my dreamy your eyes. Mouth? That's weird. I'm not looking at your mouth. Look at my mouth. Look at the hand. Look at it moving, the tongue moving in and Stop out. Stop it. It's creepy, it's isn't it? Creepy me out it's right creepy. Now. <laughs> I don't want to do the podcast anymore. <laughs> well, it's been an eventful week. No, that's an understatement. <laughs> on this big old globe that we call home. On that note, it's time for our weekly rundown of the most interesting pop culture stories of the week in. Who knew is best? Do you want to take us to our top story, Gar? Well, you did say pop culture. The first one is not technically a pop culture story. It kind of permeates into pop culture, though. Well, yeah, there's even been reports about how like the British filming industry would be impacted by... And sport. What we're about to talk about, and sport, and pretty much everything, because no one is better off from this. But in our top story, it was Brexit on the left this week, as Britain's, Britain voted by a very narrow margin. Well, 4% isn't that narrow, actually. It's like... What, 1.7 million people is the difference? Yeah. That's not that narrow. No. <laughs> to leave the EU in a result that will change the world landscape forever. And that's pretty much an understatement, Ken. Because literally not, there's not a person on earth better off from leaving the EU except for Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson, who gained political capital. And who will probably be the new prime minister. Yep. Well, we're kind of jumping the gun there, anyway. The, the final tally was 52% leave to 48% remain. It's a massive victory for the far right. To get like our Brexit on the left, because people are, are, are abandoning the left. Yeah. Brilliant. Very good, Ken. I'm so political. He's patting himself on the back right now. Can you hear that? I'm patting myself on the back. But it's interesting. Every poll was showing the opposite result, especially after the murder of Joe Cox in the build-up to the vote. And most bookies were backing the 
remain the remain camp to, to win out. Thing fact, is, some, some bookies were even paying out. Yeah, some of the most of the polls were far too close, though. Yeah, like at most there was two percent in favor of remain, and yeah. that that is not within the margin of error. No, that could go anyway. Like standard deviation on that means it could go anyway. Yeah, I was looking at the kind of breakdown, and what really annoyed me was there was a large proportion of elderly that voted for leave like that you know it was like a decisive amount of oh people. yeah it's basically younger people voted remain and the older you got the more likely you were to vote leave there is there is a direct relationship between those it's just basically the older you are the more racist you are it's basically the more you fear foreigners and hate hate people who don't live in your country and please please ken never let me get like that I won't care never let me get to the stage where i get angry and bitter and irrational and given to facts and hate people just based on where they're from and think everyone is terrible and trying to steal their jobs and steal their welfare be inclusive and welcoming and fair most syrian refugees are fleeing the most literally the most terrible of conditions that you could possibly flee and then people are like oh well they shouldn't be here god they're they're terrorists trying to steal our jobs it's like no they're fleeing their homes being bombed and you you incompassionate jerk. Most of them are educated and hardworking people. An awful lot of them are. An awful lot of them are more educated than I am. <laughs> Which means I should fear them for stealing and they'll steal my jobs. But that really upset me because these people are are basically deciding a future that they will scarcely see the consequences of. Yeah, because you, you can't deny them their democratic right. Yeah. You can't say everyone over the age of 50 can't vote in this mm-hmm. referendum. It won't matter. No, well, no, well, I'm maybe thinking really old, like, you know. Well, yeah, 60s 16, plus. Yeah. But yeah, the, fir- the older you get, the more likely you are to vote leave. But... It does create a weird dichotomy in the people in that the people that have to deal with the decision that was made are the younger people who have to live longer with that decision. And as I said, there is not a human being on Earth who is better off from England leaving the EU. And that was never, like, even questioned. The question was, to what extent would the EU be damaged by leaving... Or to what extent would the UK, and by extension the EU, be damaged by the UK leaving the EU? And John Oliver raised a good point here that... If they want to work with the EU countries, they'll have to follow their regulations anyway. Yeah. Basically, most of the Leave campaign has, has said, you know, all those promises we made about increased autonomy and, mm-hmm. and, and them affecting our systems and all that? Kind of made that up. Nigel Farage went on morning television hours after the result was confirmed to say that his 350 million a week number was fudged, yeah. was wrong. And like basically, like he really kind of duped the people by saying that money would go to the NHS. Which, no, it wouldn't. No, it not. Um, unfortunately, David Cameron, you know, tearfully <laughs> resigned as well. Well, unfortunately, he's an unrelenting asshole. So. Yeah, yeah. But it, it did. Uh, it, it, was, it did cost him his political career, and, and it will destabilize the government and, and will, defined his legacy. Yeah, and will probably result in it, Boris Johnson as prime minister. Good God! Do you hear what uh, Nigel Farage said after they won? No, we did it without a bullet being fired. After Joe Cox was assassinated on the streets by someone shouting something to the extent of keep Britain British or whatever. Or, uh, no, it's death to traitors. Death to traitors, yes. Without a bullet being fired. What a scumbag, Ken. It's just like, it's been a week since she died. Yeah. And, like, they won. There was no need to kind of... Be a scumbag about things. Um, Donald Trump... I know we don't mention him in this on this podcast. He's sorry. banned. Donald Why are you breaking Trump, my rule? Trump. Sorry. Why are you breaking my rule? I have one rule. But uh, he said he was in Scotland at the time, and he was he was um, his first tweet was basically uh, people celebrating a great result here, and it was like Scotland voted to remain. Yeah, they're now going to trigger another independence vote based on this, there, buddy. Yeah, 
And th that was doubly ironic considering that they literally denied their own independence the yeah. year before. <laughs> Based on the the desire to remain in the EU. Yeah. That's what the UK used to to trick them or to to you know pressure them into staying. Yeah. And when you look at the arguments, like the leave leave arguments made a bunch of these uh, irrational arguments for staying or for leaving. Yeah. And then the, the the people who were like remain were like, it'll destabilize the country, it'll weaken the pound, it'll cause uncertainty in the markets, it'll lead to us not being able to trade with some of our largest trading partners, it will cause us not to be able to move to freaking Scotland soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> they'll need a visa to move to Scotland before long. And all of those things, can have come to pass. And I think Britain have basically had a couple of national days of regret yeah. since voting to leave the EU. The sterling overnight hit a 31-year low. It 33 decades. You know what happened eight years ago, Ken? What? The global financial industry collapsed. Yeah. The sterling didn't hit a lower point then than it did in the last few days. It's just absolutely... It's like, it's like terrifying and fascinating in equal measure. Yeah. But, um... Leaving the EU is usually a two-year process. Yeah, if you trigger, once Article 50 is triggered and you start the process of leaving the EU, it will take up to two years. And once that two-year period ends, you're done. You're out. But yeah. it can be extended by by unanimous agreement within the European Parliament. But some uh, high-up EU officials are keen to kind of accelerate the process because it's kind of like... Fuck you. I think it's more based on the fact that two years of uncertainty is a very long time yeah. full of uncertainty. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's one thing that markets hate more than anything else can. It's uncertainty. Yeah, that's what the EU president said. Was, it said, like, uncertainty doesn't help anyone. It doesn't. It causes your pound to be weak. It causes everyone to, to take money out of, out of markets because people don't know what's happening. Angela Merkel, though, kind of tried to call for calm and say, Pump the let's, let's not be spiteful here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not really that f uh, fair to do that, to throw them out in the cold. Well, uh, they voted for it, Ken. We should cut them loose. Hours after it became clear that Britain was headed for a Brexit, uh, searches surged for what happens if we leave the EU. You Sh should really Google that kind of stuff before you left, lads. <laughs> really suggests that nobody really knew what would happen. It, it's not even that they didn't know what would happen. It's that they voted without even trying to know what would happen. Like, if you're not fully informed, you should always err on the side of caution or not vote Yeah, at all. you should abstain. And while people are like, oh, democratic right, you should always vote. If you do not feel you are equipped to vote, I'm perfectly fine with you saying I am abstaining. Google searches for the phrase surged by 250%. <laughs> Woohoo. As in like, wait a second, it happened? And you think it should be relatively high anyway. Yeah. You think that kind of thing should be relatively high based on the, the election. Yeah. Or, well, the, the referendum. But it surged by 250%. So clearly people weren't looking. The searches, like searches for how to get an Irish passport went up considerably in the last few days. Yeah. I was looking at uh, a video and this, they caught this girl on the news. Uh, and she, was, she looked like she was kind of mixed race, kind of a Pakistani or Indian descent. And uh, she voted to leave the EU. So did her entire family. And her parents, I assume, or one of her parents at least is an immigrant. Yeah. Or, a, you know, a second or third generation immigrant. And it's just like, you know, basically it's like, first of all, you've come from... Well, <laughs> you're being racist about this, Ken. You reverse racism her. You should be voting Romania, immigrant. <laughs> no, no, not, it's not that, but it's just like, it's funny how people who are a few generations removed from their own culture, like, see themselves as British. Yeah. You know, I, I find that kind of interesting. But she, uh, my point is that she was like, uh, we're really regretting it today. 
Yeah. My whole family were it. We didn't really know what would happen. And now that we've seen it, uh, we're, we're all shocked. <laughs> and we all wish we could vote again. Yeah, I would I would assume if they re-ran this election today. You keep saying election, guys. Yeah. It's a it's referendum. A, it's an election on leaving the... Shut up. <laughs> uh, if they re-ran the referendum today, I'd imagine Remain would win. Because it's like, wait, so none of the things you said would happen if we left have happened. And everything you said would happen if we left, the, the Remain side said would happen if we left, would happen. Well... <laughs> no, there, there's not a chance. Could could uh, D. Cameron call Tixie's backsies on his resignation if they did have another vote? Um, yes. I suppose technically. Because the referendum was non-binding. There was no legal legal weight behind that referendum. It's not like once they voted leave, they had to leave. It still has no. to go through Parliament. And Parliament, I'm told, can literally just say, nope, bad idea. Yeah. Sorry. I hate how how the Leave side won, though. Yeah. I'm sick of people leaning on the politics of divisiveness and fear and hatred and, and separating people and saying, look, look at all those immigrants. Why don't you hate them? Britain isn't great anymore. Why, why isn't Britain great? That's a, a false narrative based on this idea that British imperialism can, can lead through the world again and that Britain, Britain can sit isolated by themselves in a world that is ever increasingly globalised. They're, they're that arrogant that they think they still have an empire. Yeah. They think that they're still like a bastion of, of you know, industry and like, well, they are, but you know, they're still like, they're, they think that they like, they're, they can be completely autonomous because they're that far reaching and large. And yeah. They're, they're prosperous. They, they don't bow to the, the effects of globalization. And Trump is, Trump is the same rhetoric that, you know, we make America great again. Mm-hmm. The implication there being keeping out foreigners that have reduced the quality of America. Do you know who else had those sentiments, Gareth? Hitler. He did. <laughs> it's actually very scary. <laughs> but, and I, I hate it. I hate pandering to those instincts because you can understand why people give in to that. Yeah. The world is scary. There's a lot of scary things. The world is uncertain. It's huge. It's complex. And no one has a place in the world because that's one of our other big fallacies. I like that we all have a place in the world. Yeah. We don't. Not all of us find it. Some people just stumble into it. Some people never find it. Yeah, the world is big and complex and scary. And people play on that to make them, and this is the worst part again, vote against their own best interests. Because mm. anyone that voted for the EU, or to leave the EU, is more than likely voting against their own long-term best interests. If you trade with Ireland, guess what? Tariffs. Yeah. If you want to move to Spain, guess what? You can't. Well, you can, but it's a longer more complicated yeah, process. Yeah, you have probably, to get a visa now. It'll probably cost you money. Yeah. You want to you support your football club and you want them to buy some Spanish wonder kid? Guess what? If they don't have international caps, they won't get a work permit and yeah. they can't buy them. <laughs> exactly. That's an interesting thing. I, I didn't really think about it. Like, there's such a knock-on effect. Like, you know, from this country, there's a lot of people, or, or women, I should say, that come from Ireland to the UK for abortions. That yeah. would be harder for them now. Freedom of work is limited, which means... All your, as you said, all your favorite footballers can't come to the Premier League as easy. And we were talking about uncertainty. If you're thinking of moving to the UK in the next two years, you know, and they're leaving the European Union, that leaves you in a very weird place. Yeah. Because, like, legally, you can move to the UK and work right now. Yeah. When they leave the European Union, you're going to be there illegally. Yeah. And assuming, uh, you'd assume they'll work out the kinks of that in the exit. Yeah. But you don't know that. One of the things they've already said, though, is that if you're already living and working there, then you can remain. Well, how? how? Well, I suppose you just have to kind of, you know... There, there will more than likely be a system in place, yes. Because yeah, you, 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 you can't just, well, I'm here. <laughs> no, but you'll just have to kind of register yourself. For, if you don't talk about that, sounds a little bit concentrated. It does, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. You have to register with people. 
<laughs> they'll tag you to make sure they they know where you are. But I, I I detest when people play on other people's fears and the worst instincts in people. These instincts that you do understand and you understand how they drive people, but they vote against their own best interests. That you're a scumbag if you get someone to do that. Yeah. I mean, we all have those feelings, but for the greater good, you put them to one side. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's afraid of something sometime. And like the idea of lots of people coming into your country is kind of scary but there is literally no economic evidence that suggests that a, a a large amount of immigrants is bad for a country in fact it is in the long run quite the opposite yeah because it increases the knowledge level increases the number of different voices can because if you have a bunch of people who come from the same background they will all come to the same solution if you have a bunch of people who come from a vast majority of different backgrounds, they will bring different experiences to different things and increase the broader level of knowledge. That's the way knowledge works. And they'll increase the tax base. Yes, they will. <laughs> if you're being cynical about it, it's yeah. cheap labour and taxes. Exactly. A petition for a new referendum has topped an unprecedented two million signatures. It could even be more by now. I haven't really checked recently. Only 100,000 is needed to be debated in the House of Commons. So the real question, Gary, is will there be another vote? Or will the House of Commons simply say, no, it's not going to happen? It depends. Like, if, if that petition keeps going to five or six million, that is, I think, sufficient mandate to go, well, the people want, the people have seen what happens instead of, like, we told them it would happen yeah. and it's happened. So is that enough to say the will of the people is to, to ignore the results of this referendum or they will have another one? I'd assume they'd run it again. Yeah. Just, just to be you know democratically right about this imagine <laughs> rather than saying this is what you said and no in <laughs> fairness i'd do that if i were david cameron because he, he he i think he could technically do that yeah. where it's like I, I i get a bunch of yes or a bunch of leave ballots the day after it's just like stand up on a podium just start ripping them up yeah. it's like not doing it i have the power but he wrote his political legacy he scored the biggest own goal in the history of british politics yeah he assumed that he gets the result he wanted and it not go that it way. totally backfired what a twat destabilize the freaking global economy yeah. <laughs> good job dave don't uh, if it's anything we've learned Gareth, uh democracy in the hands of the common person is a dangerous, dangerous. it's yeah. dangerous yes this is why we need better better media again yeah. we need better people to inform people as to what would happen if we left the eu it was obvious what would happen it wasn't like this was a great unknown people are talking as if this is a great unknown and to an extent it is because it hasn't happened yeah. but you know what will happen if you leave the trading and, and free movement block you could you can extrapolate exactly what will happen it's a 28 country network it's gonna be a, a big ripple effect but uh yeah i am very... and like in the long run assuming they that they'd establish basically the same terms that the UK were under here anyway for the, the trading free movement block if they were to leave. It wouldn't be the end of the world if they did leave in the long run. Yeah. But... Because they still have to play by our rules anyway. Yeah. The, the, there would be two potentially negative effects. One, that, that they wouldn't agree to those terms and then we'd need to have some kind of trade tariffs, which is worst case scenario. Neither side wants that, but some might be pig-headed and ignorant about it. Boris Johnson. And two, it might increase the likelihood that other countries follow suit. Yeah, and we we don't do well uh, as countries following our individual best interests on this continent. Ken, yeah, we have a bit of a history of murdering each other. Yeah, and let's not forget that's not like a thousand years ago. Ken, that's within people who are living right now's lifetime. Yeah, we murdered each other. We 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 committed continental genocide. So um, the EU has stopped that from happening for seventy years. How about we we don't throw it out the window? <laughs> yeah, because it kind of might happen again. <laughs> 
you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely her. Yeah, and people who are, are pursuing their own individual interests may try to force those interests on others without democratically asking them. Yes. Moving on, though, because we're going to get very depressed if we keep talking yeah. about this. Speaking of power, on a brighter note, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie reboot will see... It's quite the pivot, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's quite quite the left turn. Gar- Gar- you, you totally, totally burned my read there. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to rerun. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers reboot will see a brand new crop of teens with attitude save the world from evil aliens. And now they will be Breaking Bad with the help of their legendary mentor, Zordon, who has a giant new floaty face in the form of Brian Cranston. I, I imagine him in his like Heisenberg get up with the glasses yeah. and the hat. Yeah. And he's Zordon now. Rangers! I am the one who knocks. It's perfect. It's perfect though. It, it is perfect casting. He is he is Zordon. He is the modern Zordon. I'm totally like I was I was tentative about this film. Yes. Brian Cranston as Zordon can. All in. I'm all in now. I I'm I am pushing my chips forward. I'm going all all on this film. It it's just like I didn't even think about him being in the role but now that I know that he is it just makes so, so much it sense it couldn't be anyone else Ken it couldn't be anyone else as I speak in single word sentences yeah even like uh, Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa I'm like yeah yeah and some of the actors are like I don't know who you are but <laughs> that's probably better for any super Power Rangers like like say if it was like Liam Hemsworth, you're just like you're Liam Hemsworth. You've been in Hunger Games, but if like they're kind of actors that have been in little, they're like you can buy into them as you know just the character. Also, I didn't like Liam Hemsworth in Independence Day too, so I wouldn't want him to be a Power Ranger. He is a uh, he is Hemsworth liker. Yeah, I believe I said Dollar Store Hemsworth yesterday. Dollar Store Hemsworth was, was like uh, the poor man's. Yes. No, I would always take him over Peter, because uh, that's just common sense. Peter's like a. Uh, uh, a weaselly git a weasley midget yeah <laughs> I don't, know. don't like him not fond anyway this is about Power Rangers Gar. Rangers in an interesting piece of trivia before he became the one who knocks he used to do some voiceover work for Saban Entertainment the creators of the Power Rangers yep and uh, even working on the, the original series he did he did if you go back and watch some of those early episodes he did some of the, the villain villain voices yeah that's why they all sound a bit similar yeah because well they had a, a few people who did a bunch of them so <laughs> Rumor even has it that the original Blue Ranger Billy Cranston was named after after the Breaking Bad actor. Wait, what? Oh, right. Okay. Because I, I was thinking when you said Breaking Bad, I was like, but Breaking Bad was after Power Rangers. Yeah. It's like, but Brian Cranston existed before Power Rangers. Yeah, he's been around for quite a while here. But I was like, first of all, I didn't know Billy's name was Billy Cranston. Yeah. I was like, oh, that makes sense. It's plausible. Billy has a second name. In related news, Lionsgate recently released uh, the first teaser poster. Have you seen it, Gar? Uh, yes, the, the, the We're Better Together or whatever it was. Yeah, which is kind of funny because it kind of echoes the, the Brexit. Yeah, li- it was literally released the day of. It's like, get the hint, Britain. Yeah. We'll post to Facebook and Twitter at TDWSKK if you want to check it out. It's pretty It's pretty badass. Yeah. Not badass, but it's like, nice. Actually, what's his name? Played James Jono Jameson in the Spider-Man films. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. He'd be a good sword on, too. Yeah, he's kind of skinny though. His head is kind of too small. <laughs> his head is. Am, too I, am I thinking too much here? <laughs> yes, you can CGI his head up a little again. I don't know. Are they even going to go for that? Is he even going to be the floaty face in the tube? He better be a floaty face in the tube. Speaking uh, side side note here, I was go- googling uh, this story and um, Zordon from the Power Rangers movie came up. Who was kind of annoyed? Like, even as a kid, this annoyed me. It was a different person to the TV show. Yeah. 
And do you know when they when Ivan Ooze comes in and destroys the yeah. the command center, and then uh, he's he's outside of the tube. Yeah, and he's just like shrivelly old sword on. Yeah, it's like wearing a giant jumper. Yeah, it's just like that's so dumb. You know what the biggest dumb thing about that is? Uh, he's not in the tube. Yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> the whole the whole narrative was that he's in some kind of time warp or something like that. Yeah, he's he's on a different planet. He eventually gets destroyed. Yeah, but. Uh, spoilers for the like Power Rangers in space. Yeah, I think is when he gets destroyed. It totally ruins the point of the entire movie. Yeah, when you get like six films or uh, six series in, and you finally realize, oh geez, Andros has to kill Zordon. But um, yeah, he's not in the tube. When no. you destroy the tube, he's not just in there. Floating around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes no sense. And why is he wearing a giant jumper? I don't know. I think it's to keep keep him warm because he was dying or something. I don't know. <laughs> Alpha's like Alpha just I had one line around. Power Rangers will hit theaters worldwide on March twenty fourth next year, so we'll be talking about it a lot more until then. Yes, we've done a segment on Power Rangers too. Go back and listen to that. Yeah, if love you, it. If you remember it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, also out next year, Ken is the that in March will be the NX. So that's a lot of stuff. Uh, and probably Zelda. We'll talk about it more. Talked stuff. about that in your stupid podcast. <laughs> My amazing podcast. Amazingly stupid. Superior. Following a muted group. You came on it. Why is it so Gar- stupid? Shut up, Gar- I, I stepped on your reading. You stepped on my read for a second time. <laughs> I stepped on my read one more time. I'll cancel podcast today. I swear to God. You couldn't cancel anything. I can. I pay for the feed. Nine euros a month. That's true. You do pay for the feed. Fine. You do it then. You do the read. Following a muted group stage, the Euro 2016 knockout stages are now in full swing with the mighty Republic of Ireland due to learn their fate in this year's competition shortly after we wrap this episode. We're in a weird place, Ken. We are in a weird place. Because... As we record this, we don't know the result of the Ireland game. We do not. As the people listening to this, when the, by the time it's up, they will know the result of the Ireland game. Exactly. So we will either seem very foolish or very wise when we say we're clearly going to beat France. Of course. And much of the the narrative or the, the press during the last few days has been revenge for 2010. Of course. If you don't remember it, then you're not Irish because... Henri screwed us. He screwed us by handling the ball, which led to a goal that knocked us out of the World Cup playoffs. Yep. Denied us a fair chance at penalties. Yeah, we would have we would have taken them on penalties like we've taken all teams ever on penalties. Yeah. Suck at France. Never we mind that Spain. We only have 5,000 fans in the stadium today. Yeah. Out of an entire stadium of 59,000 in the Stade Olympique Lyonnais in Lyon. Fair, fair enough. They are the home team. Mm-hmm. But still, five is a little stingy. Apparently, there was it was only four, but the FAI had to intervene and ask for more. Yeah. And like, we have a lot of people over there. <laughs> And there, we have a lot more than yeah. 5,000 people over there. There will be Irish fans that will make their way into the stadium by paying over the odds. We we have a bit of a habit of somehow having an awful lot more fans in stadiums than we should. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit of an, an Irish trend. I remember it's like some of the Munster Heineken Cup finals yeah. seemed like a Munster home game based yeah. on how many fans we managed to get into that stadium. But there's this tout on the street in France and the Irish fans were giving them a bit of a hard time for selling tickets to the match for 500 quid a pop. Yeah. And uh, he gave him all the fingers, the video of it on Twitter. Ah, sacre bleu! <laughs> but uh, that's that's the point. We will, by hook or by crook, make our way to the stadiums now. Your child might not go to college, yeah. or might not have a, a birthday this year. But but if we win, it's worth it. And yeah. if we lose, less so. And like, I, I think it's funny how they like like they bring their a lot of people are bringing their babies and stuff. It's like, yeah, my baby will, will always remember. Like, no, they fucking won't. <laughs> no, no, they won't remember any of this. Unless they're, they're older than three, they will not remember it. That is a scientific fact. It's like, ah, babies don't need birthdays or Christmases for the first few years. We <laughs> yeah. can spend all our money on this. In fairness, they don't. They I, won't remember it. I will not spend 500 quid on a football game. I don't N- care. Not even if we win. I'd go to, like, do you know they have these... If we, if we made the final, if we made the final of the European Championships, 
playing Belgium. I, I do you listen to the, uh, the podcast today the, the other day? Did you? I don't. No, the, never listened to it. This is the mighty ducks, Ken. We got hammered by Belgium. We are in the other side of the draw. We beat France as revenge for you know the the freaking being knocked out of the World Cup. We beat England as revenge for enslaving us for eight hundred years. We beat the Germans just like we did in the group stage. Yeah. And then Belgium in the final, Ken. They get through the other side of the draw. We mighty ducks them. Beat them in the end. Will we beat them with a flying V? We'll beat them with a flying V. With Robbie Brady leading our flying V. <laughs> and then, like, Emilio Estevez will just... <laughs> Emilio Estevez will just be standing next to Roy Keane, nodding on the sidelines. It's like... Nodding annoyingly. It's like, I do all that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you doing here? That's going to happen, Ken. We're going to start today by beating France. Even though this is being recorded before we're playing France, by the time you listen to it, this will have been probably very wrong. Exactly. Or we might, we would we, we'll have been plucky and we'll, we'll just be out of class. Yeah. Anyway, a few, a few more points before we wrap up. Portugal looked like they're starting to hit a bit of a stride. And they even took out a much fancy Croatia side. They didn't look great doing it, but they did win. And they're on the easy side of the draw. There's actually a clear route to the semis for them. They could there's even, a clear route to the final, really. Yeah. They've, they've been actually probably one of the worst teams in the tournament, but there's a good chance they could reach the final. Yeah, there's like Wales, Belgium... That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's about the only teams on the other side of the draw that you think, oh, they could actually give. Yeah, but Wales look shake against Northern Ireland. Gar. Yeah. And they show very little without the influence of Bale and Ramsey. Basically. And then if they were both struck down with a, an illness in the morning. Wales would be knocked out 7-0. And yeah. by, who are they playing in the next round? Belgium, probably. Belgium or Hungary. Yeah. But the they're, Hungary have been a surprise package of the tournament, Gar. They have been solid. They've been playing decent football and actually... Doing well. <laughs> Caused uh, Cristiano Ronaldo to have a hissy fit. I love that hissy fit. That was so much fun. And that was like the day he threw some reporter's microphone in the lake. So, <laughs> uh, Another note is that one strong side will go in the round 16 year as Spain face Italy. So there will be one kind of favourite side out. Yeah, and then like basically Spain, Italy and Portugal will basically all monopolise each other. Yeah. They'll all take each other out. Only one can make it through. Yeah. It's the way the draw has fallen. Exactly. And we'll, as I said, we'll beat France, we'll beat, hopefully, Iceland. I'd prefer to beat Iceland the next yeah. round, because it would be hilarious if England got knocked out against Iceland. But uh, natural justice is us beating England. Yeah, exactly. To move on to the, to the semi-finals. Yep. We're going to win the tournament, guys. We are. Mighty Ducks again. It's Mighty Ducks. Flying V. There's no real glaring favourite has emerged so far. So it feels like this year could really kind of mirror 2004. It feels like this is nicely poised for an underdog upset. Like, there's basically not a team in this tournament that has played particularly well. Yeah. The, the, like the best bet someone would have said is Croatia, yeah. and now they're out. <laughs> yeah. So you don't really know. Poland could be a dark horse, but nah, uh, they've been poor. But Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. This isn't rugby, Ken. We don't sing Ireland's call. I don't know the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> no one does. It's so funny watching us play Italy, and like the Italians are belting out their anthem with pride, and we're like. That's because most of us, most of them are actually ironically from Britain. Well, that's it. That's all we've got. We're all storied out for this week. Yep. But I have a good feeling that we will have some fresh ones in time for next week. If we don't go on another hiatus, we won't go on another hiatus. Gar. We had we we're refreshed, recharged, and ready to podcast well into the future until the end of time, or until we die, whichever comes first. Weird. Based on Brexit, the end of time will probably come sooner than we die. <laughs> Time now for our first break before we come right back with your weekly entertainment top tips in Netflix. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Now it's time for Netflix.
You're listening to The Weekend Show with myself, Ken Kidney, and my lovely co-host, Cash. You're lovely, Cash. I am sometimes lovely. You have a lovely haircut. I do. We've been gone for three weeks, Cash, so I'm certain that our listeners are positively jonesing for a high-quality pop culture fix. Oh, do I have the highest quality of picks for them? <laughs> exactly. People just don't know what to watch without us, Gary. Yeah, the, 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 no one's watched anything in three weeks. What have we done? Exactly. Fear not. Netflix is back to help navigate the jungle that is the World Wide Web. Gary, what have you got for us first this week? Taylor Lautner, Ken. Yes. Taylor Lautner. I have a weird thing where if Taylor Lautner is in a film, I'll more than likely watch it. Like, I watched, right, if you remember an early episode of The Weekend Show, we talked about Tracers. Yeah. Which was Taylor Lautner's parkour heist film. Parkour. Which was better than Abduction. Abduction's actually not very good. But it has Taylor Lautner in it. And if you want your Taylor Lautner fix, Ken, you gotta watch what you can get. Because there's not that much out there. I've never watched the Twilight films. I probably will end up watching the Twilight films. He's in the BBC3 show, Cuckoo. He is with um Tall Lad from The Inbetweeners. Rob Davies? Something like that. Something like that. Also known as Tall Lad from The Inbetweeners. Yeah. Greg Davies. Yeah, Greg Davies. That's the one. This film, he is a, a kid who is, his parents are CIA agents or something or other, but there, there's more to his life than he knows, and then he goes on the run, and it's a Taylor Hotner film. <laughs> it's probably the only big film he's ever been given. Uh, yeah, more or less. I like Tracers. Tracers is weird. It's a parkour heist film. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I don't know he's a, he rides a bike. Yeah, he rides a bike. He's on a bicycle. <laughs> Where did he get a bicycle? Is there is there much more you need to say about this film? <laughs> no. <laughs> if you want your Taylor Lautner fix, watch Abduction. Uh, it's on Netflix. Even. T- Taylor Lautner uh, media is few and far between since the, the end of Twilight. Far too far, few and far between. If I had my way, he'd be in everything for no reason. He's in that um that first Adam Sandler Netflix film, The Ridiculous Six, which I've watched because he's in it and it's terrible. He seems so out of place in that. He does. He's doing this weird kind of dumb person shtick doesn't work he doesn't have to reach too far for that i don't think hey hey i'm sure he's a very very nice guy i think the reason i relate with taylor honor is because we're more or less the same height yeah well he's 5'8 probably the same age as well yeah we're both 24 we're pals yeah if he was on twitter i'd follow him he's not on twitter you're bffs yeah obviously team jake is that it he's i think so yeah i think it is actually yeah, yeah. hashtag team jacob hashtag <laughs> team whatever the other guy was edward was the other guy yes and i know i don't like ed yeah Love you. <laughs> My first pick this week is a documentary. It's uh, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake on Netflix. Basically, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, the last few years, well, more than that, has been punctuated by the sad decline of Jake the Snake Roberts Yeah. into, uh, you know, a, a drug old madness. Yes, basically. Uh, his body. Not pulling any punches here. When we meet him at the start of this documentary, his body is breaking down. He's still an alcoholic he's still taking drugs um he's gonna die like that's basically it you know? yeah um you know his low point was that tmz video where he's on an indie show and he was totally lit when he came out the curtain and he denies this in the film actually and he started whipping out his penis and stuff like that and like as you do the guy is that who, a euphemism for the snake he used to have no he did he literal he, penis he, 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 <laughs> yeah. he whips his penis out yeah and um so it's whipping out a snake. Oh yeah, the, the snake. No, 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 his penis. <laughs> it's so awkward because the guy. Um, what was the name of snake? Damien. Damien. The guy who's he's facing, and he's one of the promoters as well, is trying to get him to just, just do the DDT and we'll get out of here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he just couldn't get him to do it, 
and then he starts whipping out his pecker and, and the guy actually gets so mad that he, he he shoots at him and he actually gets in the ring with a chair and tries to batter him like the pecker <laughs> you weren't listening to anything I just said there. no once he said pecker I zoned out is it kind of DDP yoga propaganda though I was about to get to that. It is a very, it's a very heavy tinge. This is like DDP yoga will save your life, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's made by his production facility, people that he works with to make his uh his fitness videos. There's a bit at the end where he cries, like uh, DDP is crying, and he's just like, you know, they said I couldn't be a wrestler. Or they said I wouldn't. Succeed. He makes it about him. Yeah, yeah, he makes it all about him. And it's like he said I wouldn't succeed in with this yoga thing, and and now he saved Jake, like Robert's life, and they're like, you just, just wouldn't think this kind of thing could happen. And he's like. It was just so so obviously a stage moment. Yeah. So anything with DDP tends to be a bit saccharine for my liking. A bit but sticky and look what I'm selling. Yeah, but the the story of him and even Scott Hall, who he kind of his he's kind of a side story in this documentary. It's it's interesting. It's it's sad. It's actually really hard to watch at times. Really uncomfortable when he's relapsing. He relapses several times. <laughs> it's it's just kind of a it's a feel good story because it does have a good ending. For but now, <laughs> but at the end of the day, exactly, I, I I have an overall feeling of dread that this is going to still go down a, a very bad road in the end. Yeah, you know, as in it's, maybe it's too late. And and the amount of times that he kind of stumbled in this documentary, like you know, you know, he lost a lot of weight. You know, he made his return to the WWE. He he went into the WWE Hall of Fame, but like once an addict, always an addict. So all it takes is one bad day, and you know the worst can happen. You know, and hopefully it doesn't. It doesn't. But it's a fascinating documentary. Really great archive footage. It's really even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's a really interesting look into addiction and how pe- it literally is a sickness that controls your life. It's like there have been two versions of yourself where, like, as much as your rational is like drinking is no good for me, it does nothing for me, it's killing me, it's ruining my life, but you still do it anyway. So that's interesting in that sense. But uh, I recommend it. Watch it. Do stick with the bits where DDP is kind of evangelizing himself because yeah. it is a bit it is a bit harsh, but. Never mind. Yeah. It's good. Ken, uh, the E3 happened during our hiatus, Ken. I wouldn't have known, Gar. Why not? I'm, I'm being sarcastic. You talked about it nearly every day. Yeah. On a podcast a day. Yeah. On my network. With Tanner. The lovely Tanner. Tanner Teat. I, I, I thought you were just being, I don't know, I don't know what you're doing there. That's I thought, his name. <laughs> I thought it was like a, a Twitter name or something. No. That's, that's his real name. name. Yeah, Tanner is lovely. Interesting name, Tanner. I was going to talk about the birth of the wild. There we go. <laughs> you distracted me, Ken. But Nintendo revealed a trailer for their upcoming Legend of Zelda game, Ken, which they have officially named. It's the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's, 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 it's how you hear it in your head. But but that trailer, Ken, is literally the greatest thing known to man. Okay. I'm... I watch that trailer daily. I, I like Before I go to bed, I'm like, gotta watch the Zelda trailer. So you have happy Zelda dreams? Yeah, so I have happy Zelda dreams. <laughs> now, girl, I'm not... A, a, so, like, I can appreciate Zelda, but I'm not a Zelda... I bought you a Zelda game, Ken. I will play it. The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds, which is a tremendous game in its own right. I will get around to it, if if, if nothing for the wordplay. And, you know, I'm not a big gamer, but even I can agree that from a visual standpoint, this is gorgeous. I yeah. like, it's one of the nicest games I've seen. It's like a watercolour painting come to life. It is. Because Skyward Sword kind of had that watercolour art style, and then The Wind Waker kind of had that cel-shaded art style, and they've kind of lumped them together to create yeah. kind of cel-shaded painterliness. <laughs> Yes. It looks amazing. I want it, Ken. I want it so badly. It's it's not out probably until next March, maybe even later, but I see next March. I want it. I watch that trailer every single day. And the music in that trailer is so good. Ah, I want it, Ken. Why won't they release it now? It's probably nearly finished now, too. 
God damn it, why do they hate me? I don't know, girl. You just have to be patient, girl. A lot of things coming next March. Power Rangers movie. Yeah. Zelda. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Who, probably. Yeah, next in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're not getting any Doctor Who down this year. Getting the Christmas special. God, yeah. suck at BBC. God damn it. Make Doctor Who quicker. <laughs> Make this thing I like quicker. Where can I find the trailer, girl? YouTube. Just search Breath of the Wild. You'll find the trailer. Breath of the Wild. It has like 7 million views. Nice. About, about 6 million of them are me. <laughs> <laughs> But I, yeah, Garth's refreshing the page. It's yeah. like, people need to see this. Yeah. Are you logging into from like several different ghost accounts to upvote it? <laughs> yeah. People need to watch that trailer. It's it's literally, even like, not even the best like video game trailer ever. It's one of the best trailers ever, full stop. If you watch that trailer and you do not want that game, you do not like games and you're terrible. We had a long trailer, uh, which kind of gives credence to your theory that it's nearly done. Three minutes, 18 seconds. And they showed like eight hours of footage over yeah. the week. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there. Whereas there's some games out this year that they haven't even shown like three minutes footage worth of. Yeah. So it's less more or more or less? Uh, depends on the game. Interesting. What's your last Netflix, Ken? Pick your next. My last Netflix is a comedy special, which is what basically 90% of Netflix these days. But uh, I'm a big fan of Bo Burnham, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have... if you're, We if, have similar share cuts. Yeah. If you're not really sure who he is, you may have seen him in Parks and Rec as a entitled country star when they try to get him to played a unity concert in the last series yep he started when he was 16 uh he's now kind of 25 so like he's been around a long time so it's kind of interesting that he started as a teen so like there's a point where he gets really introspective and talks about about what it is to be an entertainer and you know seeking approval from people and you know not necessarily being happy just because you're doing what you love and then he makes uh make it makes a crude joke and like make people feel bad for investing in him <laughs> so uh his if you haven't seen him before his style is kind of musical comedy mostly um he's actually quite a talented musician so he, like and he writes these really funny kind of uh, songs kind of in the, in the vein of, of uh tim minchin and uh similar guys i was gonna say david o'doherty yeah david o'doherty or bill bailey is another guy who does kind of the same thing but um no it's kind of it's kind of a but like he doesn't kind of rely on that. Some guys just do the songs, and it's just like I can only get like he, he kind of segues between the songs with kind of bits as well. So yeah, uh, he, he, his kind of stand up specials. I've seen a few of them on Netflix now. They're, they're all kind of they have follow a similar pattern, and that it's nothing new from the last one, but it's it's still funny. He 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 relies very heavily on on bits and kind of uh you know he does he does he does a lot of setups. He even jokes about that in the. In the stat, in the special, that's like all of it's pre-planned, and he's not funny at all. It's, just like, <laughs> it's all, it's all. Just, I've written all of this. Yeah, exactly. Like, like none of this is spontaneous. He makes a joke about being, you know, he wants to do a bit of improv, but like, and pretends that it was wasn't planned when it was. So, because Ed, Ed was watching a little bit of this the other day, and I was yeah. in the room. Yeah. And like, the the the, the audience tried to interact, yeah. and he's like, "You, this isn't where you get involved." Yeah. I wrote this and this is my masterpiece and I'm trying to get people to appreciate it. Yeah. This is not an interactive show. Yeah. So shut up. So that's Bo Burnham, Make Happy on Netflix. It's got an, an interesting message. In a twisted way, it kind of has a, kind of has a bit of a, uh, an allegory at the end. Uh, kind of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Parable. Right. You know, kind of a, a message. The moral of the story kind of deal. Yeah. The moral of the story is like, what is happiness? Just get on with it. That's basically what it is. <laughs> We've reached the end of our internet rainbow for another week. Do you like that, Gar? It's not, I'm running out of puns. It's also Pride Week in some places. So. Oh my god. There you go. It's so clever. I didn't even think of that. 
<laughs> if you check out any of our picks, be sure to let us know what you think on Twitter at TWSKK or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Coming up after the break, we chat about the wonderful world of Comfort TV, so do stay with us. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TWSKK, Twitter at TWSKK, or search for TWSKK on YouTube. You are very welcome back to the Weekend Show. If you're a regular listener to the Weekend Show, you'll know it's no secret that my dear brother and I love us far too much television. There's nothing we like more than being transported to new worlds with complex characters and storylines. However, with that said, sometimes you just want to come home after a long day, go to your couch, but at a happy place. We yeah. just sit there in a comatose state, eating Pringles, watching something you know you're just going to enjoy with your brain turned off. Yeah, it's like, shut down. <laughs> it's always eating Pringles too. Yeah. It means it's just like, Pringles! Or food. I found lately that my pastimes mostly involve food. Ah, it's fair, fair. Food is delicious. Like on the weekends, like what are you gonna do for the weekend? It's like I'm looking forward to eating. Yeah, mostly and watching things. Yeah, that's basically it. So this week we discussed the merits of comfort TV. Yeah. So, Gar, what's comfort TV mean to you? I just said it. Sitting down, eating Pringles, turn your brain off. It's basically TV you watch without having to think about watching. Yeah. It's it's, it's and for me it, that's a lot of watching shows I've already seen that I know yeah. I enjoy. Yeah, I, I kind of know here. It's kind of retreading the same ground, so there's no challenges. You kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. You can kind of passively consume it, even half watch it. You also, it, it's very low risk. Yeah. You always, you're always watching something that you know you enjoy, that you know you will enjoy rewatching. So, like for me, The West Wing. It's yeah. like when I'm bored and I, I don't want to be doing anything that requires me to even remotely think or take any risk about something, I'll watch The, I'll watch the West Wing or I'll watch Community or I'll watch Parks and Rec. Or I'll binge on, like, Sam B clips on YouTube. Yeah. These, these are easy things. YouTube tra- trails are, is, is, is a huge comfort thing. Even yeah. Wikipedia trails. Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's not TV, but anyway. Like, wandering through Wikipedia on yeah. podcast a day. Boo. Snuck that plug in there. See how I did that? I'm a big fan of food shows, Gar. Yeah. F- food shows are the ultimate turn-your-brain-off TV. Yeah. Basically, if Gordon Ramsay is in it, yeah. you can turn your brain off and just sit there and watch it. Kitchen Nightmares, because the people on the shows also turn their brains it's off. It's rotten! It's frozen! Oh, I love Gordon Ramsay. There's more oil than the gulf. That pork is so raw, it should be singing Hakuna Matata! <laughs> did he actually say that? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like he would say that. I hope he did. Um, Kitchen Nightmares. There's a show, uh, it's a Canadian show, you can watch it on... Dave, I think it's Dave in the UK. Yeah. It's called You Gotta Eat Here. And it's just like there's restaurants that just do like really bonkers food that's horrendously bad for you. So it's actually like, you know, it's only a half an hour. I'm actually going to Canada soon. So anytime I see one for Toronto, I just go like write it down <laughs> so I can kill myself slowly while I'm over there. You see, people people bitch about reality TV. It's like, oh, it's terrible. No, it's not. Reality yeah. TV is great. That's the thing. Like, you just sit there watching Survivor, which is the ultimate like. Ooh, twists, turns, look look at us all betraying each other and pretending we're so smart. It's like, yeah. And I can sit here and I can root for that person and I can think that person is stupid for making bad decisions and I can think that person is just mean and I want them to leave. And it's just, I, I, don't, I don't have to think. That's the thing, just something noble. Well, not noble, maybe that's a bit too far. There, there is nothing noble about reality TV. <laughs> no, but like about comfort TV in the sense that people need it. I think yeah. like people judge it like, oh, you have to watch Breaking Bad and be challenged or watch, uh, watch I don't know, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Or... So Game of Thrones is, is less challenging than... Well, it, it can occasionally be challenging, but like this yeah. week's episode was... Or the newsroom, for example. Fights. 
Hey, the newsroom's a good show. Don't you no, don't you bag, bag on Sorkin? I'm not bagging on it. What I'm saying is that like you know, people, the newsroom is one of my comfort TV shows think, as well. People judge you for watching those shows, saying like, why don't you watch something good? But it's like it's not that about being good or bad. It's just about going to my happy place. Basically, basically anything Sorkin has written has sent me to my happy place. I find myself watching things uh, like reality shows. It's particular about stuff that I have no real interest in in real life. Yeah, like Great British Bake Off. I'll just watch that all day long. Of course, because it's just like competitive baking yeah. anything that you add a competitive element to like there was this show where they had like you know the next great artist next great baker i watch all those shows like i have no interest in i, I have a bit of an interest in art but i'm not an artist per se it's like bbc daytime antique shows yeah like i have no interest in antiques yeah i don't care about any of this yeah. but i'll watch all of those shows to death yeah watch like tim wanacott and all those other antique eccentric antiquers like, oh, wandering around that pot was worth more than i thought it was oh yeah it's just so infinitely consumable yeah. there's a show on at the moment it's a spin-off of the great british bake-off called the great british showing me and i don't make clothes don't i wear clothes that's about the, yeah. the only connection there and like i just can't can't get enough of it i absolutely love it just got the competitive element to it and just you know, and like being armchair tailors going like, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're an expert on everything. Like, yes, that's very well made. Yeah. It looks, yeah. It looks quite well sewn. Or like, I had a MasterChef Australia phase. Yeah. Where I just like watch every episode of MasterChef Australia because it's, it's like MasterChef, but it's much nicer. Because, yeah. you know, like the American reality shows tend to go toward like meaner people being mad and angry at each other and shouting. Yeah. Whereas the Australian shows are like, oh, I'm very upset that you didn't go out, mate. Yeah. And then, oh no, that's not very good, but you can do better next time. Damn Australians being yeah. so positive. They're so positive and nice, and it's just like, oh, it's so enjoyable. There, uh, in terms of uh, Hollywood care, there was a person who create, who, like, pretty much exclusively creates this type of television care. Yeah. His name is Chuck Lorre. He is. Uh, Though, in fairness, mom is more challenging than usual. Yeah, that's a bit of, that's a bit It's like of, about addiction and yeah. abuse and, and, and death. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a bit... Mom the, is heavy. It is the exception that proves the rule with Chuck Glory, but, you know, Two and a Half Men, The Big Bang Theory, stuff that, like, I've seen, like... Some, what, what's the name of that thing? Mike and Molly? Yeah. E4, uh, which is a spin-off of Channel 4 in the UK, re-shows Big Bang Theory episodes, and, like, if I come home in the evening and I'm having my dinner, like, uh, there's, there's episodes that I've seen, like, four or five times, but I'll still just watch them anyway. Yeah. Just be like, yeah, this is happening. The Simpsons has that quality too, but The Simpsons is actually good. Yeah. You know, if you, I don't watch The Simpsons as much as I should. Because, like, if you ever sit down and watch The Simpsons, even New Simpsons isn't that bad. But older Simpsons, like, God, this show is great. And it's yeah. so easy to watch. Like, I was watching an episode earlier, uh, earlier being yesterday, uh, and it made me realize the wacky Simpsons setups that they, they use to get to a certain place. Yeah. For example, in this episode, it started with, with Marge bringing home genetically modified food, which then Lisa shamed her for, because of course, Lisa. What a nag. And then Marge went to grow her own food in the back garden, but then a, a fleet of crows attacked her, so she built a scarecrow, which then Homer killed the scarecrow and had a, feat of crows, a fleet of crows, a murder of crows, if you will, uh, follow, follow him and, and be his, 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 do his bidding, which resulted in the crows betraying Homer and then Homer using medicinal marijuana. So the, the idea was it's Homer doing drugs. That's the episode. Yeah. And that's the route that he used to get to Homer doing drugs. In fairness, it is, it is creative, if anything else. Yeah. And they still do that. They still do those wacky kind of roundabout ways to get to what the episode's actually about. Yeah. It's good fun. I think it's fun. Like, if you don't, you know, some purist Simpsons snobs will be like, oh, it's not what it was. In fairness, like, that was an older episode. Yeah. It's not what it was or like blah, blah, blah. It's 
just relax. Just just turn off your brain. Don't think about it. And it's, it's pretty good. Modern Simpsons isn't that bad. It's not like genius and revolutionary. It's still a good show. Don't you shit on Modern Simpsons, people. It's a good show. It's, it's good more often than it's bad. I'm, all, it's, uh, I'm also a big fan of chat shows here. Yeah, especially yeah. that's another YouTube and yeah. endless, endless loops. Like, ooh, just type person and like Fallon or, or Ferguson or yeah. Kimmel or anybody. Or else. Graham Norton or you know, uh, the Late Night Show with the with them. Just, just watch celebrities be affably charming. Yeah, just or like you know watch them in skits or carpool karaoke or any of that stuff. So. Yeah, where they show that they're self-aware and realize that they're not the biggest deal on earth and they're actually making make fun of themselves a little yeah and it's like they're human too yeah okay. even though they're probably not now we can go to sleep with safe in the knowledge that the world is okay yeah Dwayne Johnson is not human he's a robot yeah it's like he's like 45 years older than me he's yeah. approaching his mid 40s and he's like I get up at 4am and work out and then I shoot movies all day and it's like what are you are you not a real person you know he never seems like a real person that's what I don't like about The Rock like, seem like a real person every now and again. Yeah. He really seems like he's on it all the time, doesn't he? Yeah. Like he's... He's working. He's always working. I am promoting something. <laughs> Promotion mode. Eyebrow. Catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Plug. That's what he does. Plug in the form of pretending to be humble about something. <laughs> yeah. That's what he does. I don't, I don't mind the rock. It seems like a real human being every now and again, Dwayne. Speaking of comfort TV, wrestling. Hmm. Mm. Wrestling is a major comfort zone, especially old wrestling. TNA. Yeah. I'm I'm rewatching as many good TNA matches as possible. So literally, that's my life now. That's the thing. Like, there's those moments that you remember like, that you just want to relive. Like yeah. every so often, if I want to want to pick me up, or I'll watch Eddie Guerrero win the WWE title. Or you'll watch like Brock Lesnar returning. Yeah. I usually watch things that have big pops. Yeah. Because you're know, like, yeah, yeah. Where the Rock returned the first time. Yeah. Not the, like the seventeenth time. So I just yeah. love Shane Lana. Yeah. But, uh, however, though, for me, comfort TV is not necessarily just old TV or stuff that doesn't pose a mental challenge. Like, there's certain TV shows that will just take me to my happy place. Or I find it's usually 20-minute comedies. Yeah. Usually 20-minute comedies are the kind of show, even if they're not particularly good, Yeah. I can sit there and I'm like, I don't mind this. Yeah. Like I'm happy. New Girl was one of those. Yeah. Even, like, The Grinder, Grandfather, those kind of shows. Even yeah. stuff like Selfie. Yeah. Selfie was the kind of show that I'd watch. With, it's like, oh, it's I true. watched an episode of Selfie last night and I was just like, ah. Yeah, and it's like John Cho. It's like, yeah, I can Karen enjoy Gillen. this. And Karen Gillan. That was a good show. That show should have done better. Yeah. Damn it, people. And A to Z with, with um, Kristen Malotti and Ben something or other. I can't remember his name. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Ben. But again, it's just perfectly fine 20-minute comedy. Not particularly great, but it's just like, I can sit here and I can enjoy this. Yeah. And just forget my troubles for a while. Yeah. But there are lots of certain shows. That, you know those shows that you kind of look forward to have to get through the day or the week? Like, uh, for, for example, everyone has them. For me, it's like Doctor Who, Vikings, Last Week Tonight, Catastrophe, the educating series on Channel 4, you know, when they go to, into a different school every year and they, they kind of show a year in the life of that school. Harrow. Harrow. Oh, God. I'm so sad they only did one series of that. I miss Martin. I used to actually look forward to that every week. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was finishing my master's at the time, so I was staying up really weird hours. So, after I'd done a bit of editing, I'll go to the sitting room at like 5am and watch an episode of Harrow I'd recorded to reward myself. <laughs> uh, George Clark's Amazing Spaces. Home renovation show is also very good for... Uh, yeah, I like the Ortiz one, Room to Improve. Yeah. Because it's always like, I want to do this. And they're like, I don't think we have the money. And then he's like, ah, we'll be fine. And then when he starts building, it's like, 
it's kind of delayed. We don't have the money. Yeah. <laughs> and they're always fighting and yeah. shouting at each other. It's good fun. Or he does a design he's really happy with and they're like, we don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, look, I like it. And that's all that matters. Yeah. What, what's his name? Dermot Bannon? Yeah. That's him? Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, I knew it was Dermot something, but I was mixing him up with Dermot Gavin, who's the gardener. Yeah. Uh, there's a few other things that, that came to mind when I was thinking about this segment, Gar. Netflix documentaries? Not even Netflix documentaries. Documentaries in general. Yeah. It's like especially uh, particularly like uplifting ones. Yeah. Like the the one about Elmo. Yeah. It's like oh, I can watch this. I'm happy. Forget what happened after that. Yeah. <laughs> Life itself was kind of happy, happy sad. Mm. Uh, it's about uh oh gosh, God bless me. Who? The film critic. Roger Ebert. Robert Ebert. Yes. Uh, I can't believe I forgot his name. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like just one of those things you're literally about How to did say. You forget Roger Ebert again. I was literally about to say his name, and it's like, uh, oh, <laughs> it's not there. It's not near your big noggin. Yeah, but uh, that made me cry. I actually cried at the end of that one. Yeah. Also, again, podcasts. Yes. Like, ask me another. That's like, every every time I listen to that, I'm like, I'm happy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Again, PCHH, which is very similar to our podcast. If I listen to that, I'm just like... Yeah. Or oh, Reply All. Reply All is another one. It's like PJ and Alex's banter. It's just like, I find it... Uh, it's a good point. I find them... Obviously, it's not TV. It's uh, TV for your ears, I guess. Yes. That's but, called radio. Yeah. <laughs> But like radio was a precursor to TV, so we're not cheating. Yeah. But uh, is I I also I often listen to these podcasts at night because I find them very relaxing and it actually helps me get past. But I get to sleep. But the only thing is, I want to hear the end of it so I don't yeah fall asleep until it's over. You see, you have to find I I actually do that too. But you have to find podcasts that are interesting enough that if you're awake, you want to listen to, but not so interesting that you're upset if you fall asleep during. Yeah. And I find paranormal podcasts are that perfect middle zone. <laughs> Where it's like people talking about ghosts and possessions and, and freaking monsters and yetis. And I'm like, yep, perfectly interesting enough that if I'm awake, I enjoy it. But not so interesting that it keeps me awake. Car, you just un- unearthed another rich vein of comfort TV guy. Oh, the Car- ghost show. Ghost shows. Most Haunted is coming back. <gasps> I know. It doesn't have Derek, though. Most Haunted, Ghost Hunters. I watched Ghost Hunters Academy, which is like ghost hunters except recruiting new ghost hunters and they're like no no you're not you're not analyzing the material well enough or like are ghosts real no you're you're (laughs) right yeah it's like your your scientific method isn't rigorous enough you didn't put the cables out properly it's it's just like it's almost like car crash tv for me it's just i love it it's so good tv horror films care yep We've done segments on a lot of these things. Yeah, so we won't go into... And Disney Channel shows, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, we won't go into too much detail about that. But, like, basically, I would say, like, I spend probably, like, 70-30 of my time, 70% consuming stuff that's, like, chewing gum for my brain. And then 30%, like, stuff that's challenging and new and different. Pretty good. That's not not bad. bad. That's not bad. (laughs) Not a bad ratio. (laughs) What brings you to your TV happy place? Give us your comfort TV tips on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Or if you prefer, you can tweet us at TWSKK. Just time for one last break before we come right back with details on next week's show. Do not press pause. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Okay, Rangers. Nice. Uh, give, give, give it some more. Okay, Rangers. 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 Okay. Rangers. That's our show for this week. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. 
You can normally find a new episode every Saturday. And we should really take this line out of the podcast at this stage. <laughs> Good point. You can find a new episode every week. At soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. It's usually in the region of between Saturday and Monday. Yeah. Sometimes Tuesday. It is the, it's usually sometime on the weekend, if you include Monday as part of the weekend. Even though it's the start of the week, but shut up. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. That's the point. You can also get your daily fix of podcast today, starring young Garrett there. Yes, and Ken was on an episode if you want to listen to that. We did a Money in the Bank preview. It's quite good, if I do say so myself. It's not bad. Make sure to bookmark the link or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss any of the podcasts on the TWS network. Speaking of which, if you love the show and you want to make us rich and famous, you can also leave us a review on iTunes. Probably a good one. Also, if you want to become a weekend show evangelist, you can bag some official TWS swag, including exclusive t-shirts on Redbubble. No, don't if you don't want to. You know, you know my stance on this, Ken. Shut your mouth. Though the throw pillow is very good value for money. It is very good value for money for, for a beautiful piece of home decor. Check out the link to our official shop on Twitter. Only if you want to, according to Gar. Yeah, only if you want to. Come. Don't feel pressure. Come to think of it, Gar. Where can I find us on Twitter? You can find us on Twitter at TWSKK. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Just search TWSKK. Next week, we fantasy book the upcoming WWE draft, which takes place on July 19th. Are you raw or am I raw? Are we, do- are we doing... I was, I was thinking we, we do one where one person is one brand and the other person is the other, and we pick our, our draft. Cool, I'll take SmackDown. I want SmackDown. No. Nope. We're fighting over the, the, the D brand. Oh. We're getting out, Cam. We're getting out. Get the wrong. We were brought to you this week by our sponsor, UKIP, the leading name in populist nonsense since 1991. Just kind of vomited in my mouth a little. <laughs> nice. Our famous theme music is by the very talented Mr. John. And until next time, say goodbye, Gar. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody.